0: Welcome to the second episode of OOTS, or Out of the Studio, produced by GDC Manitoba. GDC is Canada's National Certification Body for Graphic and Communication Designers, and this podcast is here to interview graphic designers and creatives from Manitoba and hopefully across Canada about their work, their lives, and what makes them excited about good or bad design. My name is Leif Norman, and I'm here to ask a series of questions and hopefully stir the pot a bit. Andrea Tetro, spelled T-E-T-R-A-U-L-T, is a partner at Tetro, spelled T-E-T-R-O, a creative agency in Winnipeg, co-founded in 1998 with her husband Paul. Yes, she is that old. Uh, By the way, I'm just reading this. She, She wrote that. I'm not saying it. Passionate and outspoken, she believes firmly in the value of good design and has spent her career trying to create things that matter. She spends most of her time bossing people around, answering emails, and going for nice lunches, but they still let her design sometimes, which keeps her balanced and happy. She served as president of the Manitoba chapter of the Graphic Designers of Canada, and continues to be a proud member of the local and national design community. In her spare time, quote-unquote, Andrea is an avid cyclist, hockey mom, wine enthusiast, because, you know, hockey mom, and sometimes author of the blog Winnipeg Cycle Check. Paul has written this, so I'm going to read this out too. It takes guts to start a business with your spouse. Some might even suggest a touch of masochism. But in 1998, a month before they were married, and in spite of dire warnings from friends and family, Paul and Andrea founded Tetro. Fast forward 20 years. Business is booming, and they're still happily married. As principal partner and creative director at Tetro, Paul oversees designers in the studio and provides overall design direction. Paul is also a key member of the design team, providing elegant and impactful design solutions, some of which have won national and international acclaim. His mission is to ensure all creative work coming out of Tetro is held to the absolute highest of standards, challenging his team to consider better ways to integrate smart thinking and visual solutions. He is a professional member of the Graphic Designers of Canada and treasures the colleagues he calls friends, locally, nationally, and across the border. When he's not designing, Paul loves playing dad, husband, and right wing. What would you have done if you weren't a graphic designer?
1: Well, I'm gonna I'm going to assume that you mean like at the point when I was making that choice of what do you want to be when you grow up? Like what do you want to be now? It's the end of high school. What do you want to be? Um, there was there was a moment where I figured that I wanted to be an architect. I knew I wanted to do something creative. I knew I wanted to make things and design things. I, I knew what design was. And I thought that architecture was what I wanted to do. So I went to something at the U of M. Uh, it was a, a, I guess, a seminar that they had for potential students. And after like 15 minutes, I was so bored. I thought, I, I cannot do this. I can't, I can't fathom doing projects that the last for years. I just needed more instant gratification. But that was really the only thing that was was a serious
0: consideration before. So something designy, designery.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And You never
0: wanted to be a ballerina.
1: Or- well, earlier. I mean, <laughs> the, the, the when I was eight question, um, you'll get a little more insight into into where all of that, that started. But, but where, where I had to make that decision, like what would you have mm-hmm. been if you weren't a designer? Um, yeah, architecture was really the only thing that was um, – I, I just – I, I had a blank. Just you know, like I the, got look,
0: a, the way you, you know, architects have to sort of make things look a certain way, just the same way designers have to kind of fiddle with lines and make things I look th- a certain I way. I think
1: so, yeah. yeah. You know, I, knew, I knew I wanted to to um, be in a field that I had to figure things out, right. that that I needed to really think about things. I wanted something meaty and something that I could really, uh, um, you know, do more than um, just... You know, I don't know. I just knew I wanted to do something that was important, something that would leave artifacts
2: in the world. Paul? Well, for myself, leading up to graphic design, it was probably just more of an evolution of what I figured I could be happy doing in my life. and once I came to realize that realization, it just really took traction and it stuck. But I would say that, you know, even afterwards, I've always fantasized about or I'll see a bicycle courier whip down the road as I'm headed to work. And I just fantasize about having that day. Uh-huh. You know, whether, whether it is a rainy day or a sunny day, I'm just zipping down the street and I'm trying to keep my deadline. I'm going to be the best damn courier <laughs> there is.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. And, it, you know, and it's interesting because I, you know, I knew early on, like, and, you know, I think most designers come from this like artistic bent and... You know, we're always the the artist in our class, and oh, you're going to be an artist when you grow up. But I knew even by the end of high school, or even even before that, that artists did not make money. And I knew I didn't know what I wanted to be, but I knew I didn't want to be poor. <laughs> That's practical. That's good. So, when, when you
0: were eight years old, Paul, what did you want to be?
2: Well, when I was eight years old, and I'll I'll, I'll give some math out here. That was like what was that? 1976. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when I was 8 years old, I was all about, you know, race cars and drag racing and stock car racing. And I wanted to be part of that or or can evil, you know, mm. because that's that's that time frame. That's yeah, it's about being on a bike or a motorcycle and
0: something motorized. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Wow. Yeah. That cool. was
2: that was huge when I was 8.
0: No, no, I no. Andrew You were just a ballerina. Uh, No, no, I wasn't going to be a ballerina. No, I knew
1: early on that that was not going to happen. Uh, No, I actually, when I was about eight, uh, and I went through, you know, we all go through these little phases of what we want to be. But uh, for the longest time, at least the the first thing I really remember wanting to be was a surgeon, um, which is ridiculous because I can't stand the sight of blood and and all of that kind of stuff. Well, no, I just watched M.A.S.H. A lot of M.A.S.H. And, you know, and when you're a kid, um, that's what influences you. Right. You know, I my mom was a nurse. Um, my dad was an engineer. And, and so I knew I knew I wanted to do something in the professional vein. Yeah, okay. But, you know, it's not like I hung out with grownups or, or had any real sense of what grownups really do in yeah. the world outside of watching TV. So, you know, I knew I didn't want to be like, you know, the Fonz, but I, I wanted mean, to be
0: MacGyver. Oh, MacGyver—that's uh, a good one. Yeah, but that, this was
1: pre-MacGyver because this was like, yeah, 1977-ish, yeah, I, and yeah, uh, was a, yeah was and Hawkeye Pierce was just the embodiment <laughs> of everything I wanted to be. I wanted to be brilliant um, and wear a housecoat. You know? Yeah, it was it was great. Be witty was great and check. funny. Yeah.
0: So, what do you think makes for bad design? Bad design
2: is—it's purely operator error you know <laughs> but how does it look how does it look it's it's confusing it's uh, it's it's frustrating it's dull it's labor intensive it, it does the opposite of what good design should so is be. that what
0: you mean by operator error is that, that, that the interface is just bad and the person looks at it and can't figure out like which way is up and what to do next.
2: That's right. You, you, you can take some horrendous elements and put them together and still pull off some harmony. You can still pull off uh, uh, a, a form. You, you can still pull off, uh, you know, an end to a means. Right. But w- without that calculation, without that design, it, it is confusing and it will obstruct the user from what the intent is right
0: so uh, even something like oh i don't know something famous like uh, the uh, record cover of never mind the bollocks where it's just the, the letters are ripped out and it's all kind of scattered that's right it, it's, it still has to have some sort of mind behind it that you can tell is so that it, it hangs together is that what you're talking about no, no
2: absolutely it, it has it has to have that plan and it's no different than a coffee cup you don't you don't Understand the the mechanics of a, a mug with a handle, and that's
0: that's that's the beauty of it. It's until you t- until you pick up a, a badly designed coffee exactly. mug, and then you go, "Oh, this one's not as nice." Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: well, and, and you bring up a good point. You know, when, when I was thinking about this question, I, I was thinking, "Well, what makes bad design?" It's it's really about perspective and and purpose. Because um, you know, I can look at a a, a terrible coffee mug. There's a, co- a guy in the office right now, one of the designers, that is using this coffee cup that he found, and it is like a Smurf coffee cup. It is the most ugly, horrible thing. It offends me in every possible manner. But is it is it bad design? Well, it holds coffee. Um, but aesthetically, you, know, you don't like it. Aesthetically, <laughs> I don't like it. And that's why I say it's perspective. Because really, um, you know, poor design, a poor font, a poor uh, photograph, whatever, really comes down to either the the viewer's perspective or what the purpose was. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I look at a photograph or a design and um, and it functions for me, it, it fulfills the function it was meant to, um, then it's not bad. It doesn't mean that I have to like it. Uh, there's a lot of fonts out there that I don't like, but they could be perfectly well-designed fonts. Um, but uh, you know, I don't like purple. Does it make that any anything that's designed with purple is is bad design? You know, no, it's not. Yeah. But if a coffee cup has no bottom in it, well, yeah, <laughs> then it's a then it's a
0: bad design. <laughs> right, right. There's there's the practicality question, For and sure. then it then that overlaps very quickly into the aesthetic taste yes. part. Absolutely. Or you don't like yeah. purple, or that Smurfs are somehow yeah. distracting, or yeah. whatever is or wrong. Or terrible, or, or yeah.
2: Or, or even if it doesn't function for Andrea, maybe Andrea wasn't the intended, intended, right. intended right. audience. Yeah. As, 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 as long as you're hitting your mark.
0: <laughs> That's right, so Fisher-Price toys have this very particular look, and you know, it's actually, I, I, I do think a lot about things for kids, books for kids, television shows for mm-hmm. kids, yeah. because they're not... I. I, my own pet theory is that they're not actually for kids it's just what adults think the kids want absolutely because I remember being a kid being you know like pretty young four or five years old and I really hated people talking down to me you know I, I knew I was only four years old but I didn't mm-hmm. like people you know going goo 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 in my face <laughs> right. I, just, I was like Thinking, uh, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, I'm only. I am I'm four. Only, yeah, you're, you're four, and you're already punching over your, your <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking, like, why am I being treated like this? Oh, darn. <laughs> yeah,
1: but it's you know it's certainly a uh, you know a question that we grapple with all the time, uh, you know if. Uh, Part of our job as designers, when we're when we're hired to to solve a design problem, you know, when the client comes back, and thankfully it's not often, but it's like I don't like it. It's like well, that doesn't matter, and trying to (laughs) convince them that that whether they like it or not was not the objective. It was not. Yeah, yeah, part of yeah our criteria list was did not include
2: does. We'll like it, yeah. um, That's right. and, w- and whether it's just bad vocabulary on their part—that it's not like—they might be trying to articulate that it's it's not correct. It's not it's not what solves the problem right
1: and and you know and I you know I I kid about that of course you know um, having a client that that likes what you do I think that that it's 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 all part and parcel they will understand their business and their clients better than 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 we ever could so they're a good gauge of what is working but but we try and find ways to um, help them look beyond their own personal tastes as yeah it can be very
0: difficult to separate yourself out from it it's like looking at you know like a a Roger is it Roger Bacon like he does those really intense paintings Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I I don't like them but I can recognize Mm -hmm. that other people like them Mm -hmm. and so I you know you have to kind of go okay I guess it's good art (laughs) you know you have (laughs) to kind of do that thing in your head where you're like well I don't like it but I'm gonna let you like it you know (laughs) yes right it's very very subjective absolutely what if what are your inspirations or whom are your inspirations or anything?
2: I, I think a lot of our, a lot of the people that we look to inspire us, it, it's on a daily basis. I, I think the people that we hire, the people that we work with, they, they have to inspire us. They, they have to bring things that we would never think of doing for the first place because, well, we may as well do it ourselves if that were the case. Okay. Um. There, there's also uh, even just the, the, the networking that occurs, uh, you know, whether it be across Canada or North America, just a lot of the designers that we've met and been able to make friends with over the course of our careers. I find that hugely inspiring, whether it's someone, you know, cobbling their work out of their basement or they're these, you know, design superstars come to realization that we're, we're all doing the same thing. We're all communicating in you know, somewhat a similar way. But then there's the, the, there's our clients uh, and, and the the problems that they they pose to us. I, I find just the fact that they 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 well I wouldn't say force us, but they they were, we're encouraged to do the this huge amount of homework, this research that we learn about these things that we would never fathom having to know about. Yeah, so you t- taking upon ourselves. You never expect. Yeah. For sure. And, and, and at least for myself that curiosity is 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 the, the main engine it's the huge driver for what, what what is inspirational what is creative do you have any
0: classical textbook name droppy you know uh, people that you could mention to us like you know some famous designer you love from 1940s or is, uh. can you do that
2: You know, I would say it's, you know, uh, even just off the top of my head, like it's even being able to go to, you know, AIGA design camp just outside of uh, uh, Minneapolis and, you know, running around in masks with the, with the staff from Studio on Fire, you know, it's just that, that playtime, but you realize these folks are like immensely creative or it's having these long-distance uh, relationships with uh, Matt Warburton or David Coates and Rod at ION in Vancouver, there are these just connections that, whether it's through email or a phone call, it's, you know, it, it puts us on the same level all of a sudden. There's just, there's just this camaraderie that, that occurs. And I, I, I find that hugely you know,
0: important. Cool. Mm-hmm. I'm, what I'm trying to get you to say is I love Bauhaus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or I hate Bauhaus. <laughs> or I love Art Deco. Or, you know, great, can great. you give me, can the, you give me one of those? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know.
2: I, no, I'd never do that to myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All of
0: it? Art Nouveau? Yes. Art Nouveau? Yes. Bear, you know, I, all I, of All I, of I, it. I yeah. think it's all
2: there. And, and even, this, e, 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 even the pieces that I, I think might be trash, I, I would never throw it away, you know, I, sure. I, I'd
0: keep that in reserve. But how have you decorated your living room?
2: How have I decorated?
1: Oh, don't get, don't get us started about our living room. This man is afraid of putting nails yeah, in the yeah. wall. There's like, there is no, so it's clean. There is no yeah. artwork in our living room. Okay, like now none. We're getting we are, we are designers it. and there is none. Like so it's there's, white walls? Uh, well off yellow, which made him very unhappy, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> But yeah, very
2: very clean, very non. Um, uh, it's, it's no reminder of what we do during our days. We we don't we don't put our work up. Oh okay. No, we, <laughs> we, we don't we on. don't put design stuff up on our walls. Right. Oh, although
1: we do have those aesthetic apparatus posters. We have a, 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 a submarine's poster in our bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so lovely. I just every time I'm in there, I just could yeah. stay there for all, all day because I love it. I love their work. Aesthetic apparatus out of uh, Minneapolis. Oh, cool. But
0: uh, so so clean. Like, I'm getting the sense that it's you know a little minimal, a little cleaner. You know, yeah. you you would kind of go uh, less because uh, my house is just cluttered. Like, my house looks like a, a Victorian, you know, gallery. It's ridiculous, you know. It's like the shelf behind you here. My, that's what my house is. It's like piles yeah, of right, bottles right. And, yeah. and vintage Kodak scales and all kinds of wackadoo stuff. And so I wish I could live in a lovely designer's House where things tend to be very nice and white and clean, yeah. and there's like, nothing on the floor. <laughs> I would love that.
1: Yeah, no, our, our house is not like that at all. It's interesting because we we live in um, you know a turn of the century house, 1922, and 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 I am Ukrainian, and we are notorious over decorators. We have to ornament. Lots of chotchkeys. Everything, chotchkes everywhere, <laughs> patterns everywhere, and I you know I'm Doinies. much more. <laughs> <laughs> Easter eggs, everything. Uh, but, well, but, our, but our office is very modern. Like we're in, uh, I mean, it's still a turn of the century building, but it was just this big sort of white gallery space. Yeah. Um, so it was interesting because we got to, and I, and I love both, um, but we got to sort of have, have both of those um, living experiences where we had this very slick, very modern space where we were working out of. Um, And then at home, I mean, we have a dog and two kids and it's chaos. And and there is no rhyme or reason to the design in our house. Um, If there's no art on the wall, it's because we just can't get our shit enough together to figure out what (laughs) what we want to hang where. And we don't want to patch the walls if we hang the wrong thing in the wrong place um but uh so I mean I think our our inspiration comes from very much the same place I think we both love sort of that that um that turn of the century sign painting um aesthetic uh you know certainly uh uh echoes of Art Nouveau and Bauhaus and and some of the classic design eras um you know we love Saul Bass and Milton Glaser and all the big the big names but you know I I've I've stopped and I've, I've always loved, um, uh, the rock star designers, you know, you just can't help them. And I've, I've loved rock stars and superstars. I just, you know, I'm fascinated by people who are just so exceptionally good at what they do. Okay,
0: Name me three more rock star designers.
1: Uh, Stefan Sagmeister, um, uh, 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 Chip Kidd, um, and, uh, uh, Paula Sher. Okay. Good. I uh, to throw a woman in there. Yeah. We're going to,
0: we'll, we'll try to put links on this, uh, okay. on the uh, show page yeah uh, those, uh, um, links to those uh people
1: so so people like that are 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 really great um uh Louise Feely uh is is another one and these are people who are all alive well except with the exception of i think um uh, Paul Rand Paul Rand did i mention Paul Rand anyway uh he might be dead but i'm not sure <laughs> sorry Paul if you're not dead um but uh, but people like that i mean they're they're um you know trailblazers and all of those kinds of words but you know i i found more often than not uh you know they're 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 aspirational and inspirational but i think i get a little as as my career has gone on and i've become like older and more jaded um uh the the rock stars impress me less now than they used to like when I was a young designer like looking up to these people it was like the be all and end all they could could do no wrong until I met Milton Glazer and he just kept looking at my boobs and then it was just a really it just made me it <laughs> killed me I'm like you're supposed to Not be above reality. this uh, yeah, and I you're know. just kind of a dirty old man and <laughs> and but what what really inspires me now is is you know I look at at people who and, and maybe it's because of where we are with our business I I love the the people who are the the thinky people um like the dave masons out of uh out of uh, uh the west coast um Thinky
0: as in they have some uh, overarching philosophy yeah. behind what they're doing, yeah, as opposed yeah, to just being geniuses and coming up with good looking stuff
1: no, being geniuses in terms of like of of business and communication okay. um that gets me as excited now about and then than you know somebody who's a great great designer' Cause mm-hmm. I think you know i don't want to say great designers are a dime a dozen but but i think that if you have somebody who's a great designer who has a great aesthetic sense that that artistic bent but then is also a great thinker i mean that is an incredible combination mm-hmm. um
2: i i i think interacting with someone who reads a great book compared to someone who is a great drawer mm-hmm. <laughs> you know i i think there's no comparison i i think just having that just having that body of knowledge is way more important than mechanical ability for
1: sure yeah and 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 then even bringing it closer to home you know again it's always great to to admire these you know you know rock stars and stuff like that but you know what if i bring it closer to home and i think about the people who inspire me here it's the people who are like driving our local design association like these are the people who are trying i mean like yourselves to keep things alive, who are taking time out of their personal lives, their jobs, their kids, their pastimes, everything, and and putting time into um, making our profession better. Or people from the past or 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 people who kind of really paved the way here locally, the Rob Peters, the Steven Rosenbergs, the Bur- Fran Carmichael, the yeah. Bernil mankaleskis mm-hmm. like these people who I mean we, we really I think underestimate the the, the the talent and um and and the, the the powerful design voices that have come out of Manitoba. Um, and, uh, you know, people like we were talking about before are so, are so quick to say, Oh, well design in Winnipeg, we're so behind and we're, we're not, we're no Toronto like that, yeah. that shit makes me crazy. It is, it is disrespectful and it's just not true.
0: Okay. What do you do? Uh, you mentioned pastimes. Do you have any uh, things which have nothing to do with design? Um, skeet shooting? <laughs> <laughs> funny you
1: mentioned our kids actually do ski shoot. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's funny. I used shoot. I, I, I was just channeled that yeah, there
2: no, somehow. No. I don't know. No, I grew well, up ski shooting. Well, there, oh, cool. There, there's the easy answers like
0: R- riding a bicycle? Well, yeah.
2: <laughs> or I was even just going to say, you know, movies and. Yeah, no, that's, that's uh, boring. That's, 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 yeah, exactly. I want, I want to, to but, hear that you do but, but I, I would say that, you know, we, we are avid cyclists. We've always, that's always been part of our lifestyle. Uh, I probably used to be a lot more, uh, into cycling, but you know, roles have changed a bit. And I would say Andrea has certainly taken up that, that helm in terms of, you know, being competitive and really getting into that. But in, in reality, especially where we are right now, it, it, a lot of it revolves around our, our two beautiful boys and our and our spazzy little dog. It's, okay, you know that's that is huge. Yeah, and
0: dogs and kids will definitely. Yeah, we
2: enjoy. are we are hockey parents. Yeah. Right okay. Here. Yeah. yeah. And, and how do you feel parents. about that?
1: Um, it's well, it's interesting because you know I I didn't grow up in a hockey house. Uh, um, so this is it's a little weird. We we weren't mm. a sporty family at all. Um. Paul is uh, French Canadian. So it's actually a requirement <laughs> genetically to play hockey. I think so. Or hockey. Yeah. And so, uh, so yeah, so he grew up playing hockey and then when we ha- ended up with two boys, of course they had to play hockey. So, um, that's been, yeah, that's been a bit of a culture shock for me for sure. Um, but, um, but let's just imagine
0: I'm trying to drag more yeah. answers out of you. Yeah, sure. Imagine you didn't have the kids and the dog, right? What would you, if you were bored one day, what would you end up Doing, which had nothing to do with design.
2: Oh, that's a good question. Well, c- certainly cycle centric for you know. We'd...
1: Well, yeah.
0: You'd for, go explore yeah. some bike trails.
1: Oh or... yeah, no, I would be, I would be off uh, for sure, and I would probably drag Paul <laughs> along with me. I would be, I would be in France on my bike every day. France, yeah. oh. Yeah, France, Italy, wherever. Um, I uh, I discovered cycling about. I guess seven years ago um it was kind of a misguided triathlon adventure my sister dragged me into and and it turned into this um love of of cycling something that you know i i had a bike as a kid and then as soon as i got 16 or i turned 16 like every other kid i never looked at my bike again until i was Mm -hmm. in my 30s and uh and I just got so obsessed with it, and, and you know, maybe it's just my personality. I just I I, I couldn't even contain it all. I was trying everything. I, I was racing and traveling, and um, and I, I started a blog and and essentially an alter ego. So I am uh, also known as a Winnipeg Cycle Chick. Um, so I have a sure. I have a blog where I write about cycling. Um, I've been uh, in discussion with a publisher about writing a book about it. And, uh, um, I, it's, yeah, it's a huge part of my life.
0: Huge. There you go. Oh, that's, yeah. okay. That's very cool. <laughs> that's
1: very cool. Yeah. So I've been involved in a lot of, you know, active transport, uh, panel discussions and, um, uh, we planned national races here. It's, uh, yeah, I've been doing a lot of design for, for people who have just kind of found me through this weird global community of cyclists. You know, through social media, um, I designed a a cycling kit for a Heart Institute in Australia, who had a cycling team that were doing a big Grand Fondo, and so they contacted me. So it's like it's gone off in all of Australia. these wacky directions, and uh, and uh, yeah. It's, so that's an easy answer for me.
0: Very cool. What books should we read?
2: Well, I I would I would say especially for here today speaking to creatives and other designers, I, I'd say read as many books that don't have anything to do with design <laughs> or type <laughs> or photography so or...
0: So that could be anything. That could be, it could be anything. Science fiction and, yeah. and cookbooks from the 1930s and, and all kinds of stuff.
2: And read more than your social media feed. Yeah, yeah. Just, just just, read, just pique that curiosity. And I always come back to that. You know, just... I, I think it's so important. Like, even myself, and Andrew will be the first one to, to agree, I, I read the most boring books on history, but I just find that so fascinating. And it's it, it, it just it perpetuates imagination and makes you think about things that.
0: What just, part of world history? Any oh, particular section? No,
2: it, 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 it'll weave through different waves. Mm-hmm. I've, I've gone through these. Immense books on, you know, Byzantine Empire to. Mm. Uh, See, I'm falling asleep just even listening yeah, to Exactly. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, the Napoleonic <laughs> <Ford> and <all. laughs>
1: How do you read this stuff? God. How do you, oh my how do you God. stay awake reading that? Oh, <laughs> that well, then what,
0: what do you read?
1: Oh, well, I love reading humor, um, and I'll read uh, fiction, I'll read w- whatever is kind of put in front of me, I, and, but I, I'm very schizophrenic when it comes to my reading. I usually have like six or seven books on the go, and I'll, you know somebody will really uh, recommend something, and I just, I've just come to the realization that it's so personal. I had three or four people, oh, you have to read this book. You have to read this book. The hours, and I got like (laughs) I got three pages in, and I thought I was going to kill myself. I'm like, I can't read this. Like, it is just such a personal thing.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: So I think. Like for anybody, I would say, especially now, uh, because the world has changed, right? We used to talk to each other over the phone and, and, you know, you would have that inflection. You would have a way of communicating that was very clear with someone the way we do in person. Now that so much uh, communication happens via email or texts, like the state of the of language, and I'm sure it's not just the English language, is just is going into the toilet, um, you know, because people yeah. just aren't used to writing. And the best way to become a good writer is to read. So yeah, read I everything. Yeah. read everything, read what, what you love, because if you, if you try and I, cause I was going to come up with something very clever and say, well, you should really read things that challenge your thinking and go outside of your bubble. But, but the reality is that if you start to do that, chances are you will get three pages in and then you will want to throw this book right. across the room. So read what you love, read what, like, well, I love reading humor and I love reading, you know, I don't like reading mysteries and romances. I don't like reading the historical right. stuff, but <laughs> but you know just the fact that we're reading at all i think makes us better communicators makes you remember how to spell words or how sentence yeah. structure works i mean there's grammar just
0: grammar and mm, punctuation and spelling yes they right. don't exist anymore no they don't and
1: and you know there's and there's reasons for that there's nothing that makes me crazier than having to text because it i my, my eyes are bad and i my fingers are old and clumsy and i try
0: and text things and and it just takes use me emojis just just only <laughs> just only emojis, emojis yeah and, and then they have to decipher yeah, it. use the lots wine glass day. and the tiara all the time it's like all the
1: just pretty much
0: all. thumbs up kissy lips so yeah that, that answers Done. everything well i think we've got uh, an answer to the next one which is how do you stay creative is that, you know obviously we've lots of cycling going on yes. uh, lots of reading of uh, many different mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. is there anything else that uh you put in there
1: oh geez staying creative uh you know, there's just there's so many resources out there that that um, that help us stay creative. And whether it's just like you know going to the down the you know street to a local shop and just like looking around at things, or, t- or traveling. I mean, traveling is something that that really jazzes me. And I know Evan, you'll you'll uh, second that emotion. Yeah. But you know, being in another place, like I don't care whether it's Minneapolis or or Venice, um, just being surrounded by new things and new color palettes and smells and and tastes and everything um cooking and all of that stuff, you know, uh, uh, just, you know, I just love eating all of that up. Uh, new music, everything. Um, so the world is just so full of all of that stuff. I don't know how anybody couldn't be just, um, you know, inspired yeah, creatively don't like all the to time. Travel. It's very right.
0: funny. They don't like, they just want to go to Mexico and then that's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Funny. Well, and it's
1: funny cause I don't really like to travel. I just like being in different places. Like the, the whole oh, experience of traveling stresses awful, me out. It's true. No,
0: airports are the worst thing ever. And I don't like you know
1: not having all my stuff and I don't like disruptions in my like you know and i I learned that about myself just fairly recently that I don't like to travel but but I love all having all of those memories yeah. you know after the fact when I have time to to sort through them afterwards it's uh yeah that's
0: super great hey, living dad
2: oh I, I I think creativity isn't necessarily even something that you just take out of the, 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 pull out of the trunk. It, it's, it's something that it, it's something that you have to, uh, almost trick yourself to get excited about a subject or a topic that you're going to, uh, uh, solve a problem for. It, it has, it has so much to do with, um, uh, 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 fumbling here.
0: You have to catch your... Well, it's kind of like reading. I I do this all the time. And if I have to come up with some sort of talk I've got to do, I start thinking about a topic and then something three months ago that I read will just suddenly pop up and go, oh, that's useful. And I don't even remember what book I got it out of or something. But is that kind of what you're talking about? Is you kind of prepare... you're, You're constantly preparing yourself for something which you don't know if it'll happen or not.
2: It, it, ex- no, no. And, and that's, that's actually not far off of what I'm trying to articulate. It, it's, it's the fact that y- you may know a subject or you may know uh, things about an object or an item, but it's not until you really inform yourself about it and get excited about it. that That's what really makes a solution creative mm. as opposed to something that... You know, you, you might know what a train is and you might think you know what a train is, but unless you really study, you know, the history of locomotives and what have you, that's when you know the, the subtle nuances that really uh, create uh, an informed solution.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of background research with for, for that stuff. Right. So how do you think that uh, the industry is going to change in the, the next uh, few years, 10, 20 years or so?
1: That's Yeah, that is a tough question. Um, you know, I never would have, like 20 years ago, never would have anticipated that that things would have gone in the way they did. Um, I mean, we came out of school at a time where people were still doing things by hand. It was it was manual paste up. There was, I mean, we didn't use computers. We, we, they were just starting to be used for desktop publishing when we came out of school. So, you know, in that 20, 25 years uh, since we got out of school, there's been, it, it's unrecognizable almost how not not the core of the business has changed or the industry has changed but certainly the process and how how fast it is and how demanding yeah. it is and how
2: slick it is well, and, and all the participants because the, the, there is a, a shell there where anyone can well create.
1: yeah i think that when when desktop publishing became a thing there was like all the designers freaked out because like oh, there anybody can use our tools now like we're yeah, busted like yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but but you know what that did it, it you know that settled itself out very quickly like you know the the momographers right you know, right. Yeah, I know. you yeah, know because there's all this flood of photography people out there because they have a, a phone and instagram all of a sudden everybody's a photographer well well no that's not the case because to actually be a successful commercial photographer you actually have to have more skills than just composing a picture yeah it just
0: moved it just the same argument's been going on for about 200 years when you know, sure. when photography was first invented of course all the painters and uh, right. yeah. etchers and lithographers they, they thought oh well that's it forget it and they were you know mm-hmm. making jokes about <clears throat> making jokes about hanging themselves but obviously <laughs> yeah we still have all of those things painting and uh, etchings and all that you know and that, and things just kind of shift around right and the iPhone just shifts another little thing around and we right. you, you still need professional uh, designers operators, and yeah, operators, <laughs> yeah. and pro- professional well, thinkers, exactly. Well,
2: and then that's and that's the beauty about, about graphic design. It it, it really it really ushers, or it really um, it, it really shepherds communication. Probably more so than any of the other design disciplines. Like you, certainly you could ar- you know argue that architecture or fashion or what have you do that, but in graphic design, it's it's the actual ideas and words that are being conveyed. And I I think that, or I would hope that organizations or uh, companies would see the importance and the value of that so that we're not brought in at the last minute to decorate something. That (laughs) we are involved at the The uh, foundation level Mm -hmm. so that they can really optimize how all of this needs to be communicated you know because of all the data that's you know kept these days and all of the technologies that are all the different platforms it's it's just such a open ocean to them how 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 can they keep up well they can't they they need that guidance it's it's so it's so important
1: well especially now since communication is just so easy and so broad it used to be okay if you had a campaign well you did some outdoor you did a couple print ads but now you've got a social media campaign and you've got your in feed content development and all of this stuff there's just so much going out And so more and more, I think clients are being driven to, because of their budgets, having to do stuff on their own or using internal resources. And that's going to be the big challenge because, um, you know, I can't remember who said it. It was somebody famous. It was like nothing that your company or organization puts out is brand neutral. Everything you do says something about your brand, whether it says something good or something bad. Well, that remains to be seen.
2: but and, and it all depends on how responsive it is. And I'm not talking even just digital responsiveness, w- whether it's print. It, it's not like we're we're f- flooding the, the mail routes with paper anymore. It, it just has to be so much more focused to be effective. Mm-hmm. It has to be engaging. It has to continue that conversation.
1: We're just going to have to be that much more on top of how the media is changing because it's just changing like faster than we can keep up. Yeah. You know, when we're doing, you know, social media campaigns now, you can get like 20 pieces into pieces of artwork that you're posting on these, on these social media things, but then all of a sudden Facebook changes their layout. And suddenly, yeah. all that artwork is the wrong size. <laughs> like yeah. so, so these kinds of things, like staying on top of it, it, it's becoming as much a production exercise as it is a thinking exercise. But I think it, it, it. The one thing that the one constant that will, will will remain is that I think people will still need to value creative thinking over style.
0: No, it's it's true. I think that's what computers and technology seem to be just pushing everyone into these funny little. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's different, but I, I, I am, I, I'm curious as to what like a digital camera is going to look like in 20 years. I mean, mm-hmm. how is, it, how is sure. the interface right. between yeah. like a, it's a camera or a phone and the computer and the internet? How oh. are all those things, they might just become one thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right, everything. And
1: it'll be implanted into our brains. That's right, like
0: the car, the cars we drive are, are, are basically already like iPods, right. so for, <laughs> for right. yeah. them yeah. everything's just merging together very strangely. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, I think you, it's from what you've been uh, telling me, it, it seems like you have found a good balance uh, between your personal and your, uh, your private life. Uh, would you disagree?
2: Well, that's, that, that's probably the, the trick question <laughs> because, uh, because of how we've set up our lives, essentially, it's, it, it's not like, um, a, a person can see it as, okay, on the left, there's a the white side. That's that's my career and I'm yeah on the other it's black and that's personal uh ours ours is it's gray it's it's yeah. it's all gray it, it's it, all gray. I, know, I know it's like
0: we were talking about before working from home and being your own boss that's right it's just yeah. it's all gray oh do i want to go to work today maybe not yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: and that's and that's really uh and it's really interesting because especially because we're married um and uh and we work together you would think that there would have to be that, that line. It's like, okay, once we're at home, we can no longer talk about work. And when we're at work, we can't talk about a person, but you know, life just doesn't work that way. And I think, and I think for a long time, we tried to do that. We tried to have that separation between work and home, but I think what's made it, what's made the balance better is that, um, allowing it to be a little more organic and to allow those two things to kind of bleed into each other, Mm -hmm. but also knowing when, when it started to bleed a little too far. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah. You have to be disciplined to a certain degree to say that, well, if all of a sudden conversation turns to work as we're eating supper and one of us has had enough of work that we just have to say i i, can't I just do don't this want to right talk now. about work and not and not to take that in a bad way or or if we're at the office and one of us has to run out early because one of our sons has a hockey practice yeah. well that's that's time that we're just reclaiming as, as far as I'm concerned mm-hmm. okay. well mm-hmm.
0: it's a your lives must be they sound like they're pretty compact and in t- intense <clears throat> because mm-hmm. you uh you're uh, together and have a family and mm-hmm. have this practice this business together mm-hmm. that I to be honest I don't think I could do it it's like being trapped in a submarine <laughs> with someone <laughs> <You're in> the- <laughs> you know there's no escape you have to do this thing <laughs> My, my girlfriend she's she works in the theater and so she yeah. she brings home interesting stage manager news or mm-hmm. designing props and costumes and stuff so it's really interesting you know, for sure I, I get all yeah. kinds mm-hmm. of interesting different mm-hmm. aspects all the time for sure Gosh. yeah yeah so what we've talked about all kinds of things what uh, what's the one question that uh, I haven't asked yet that uh, you th- you think I, I should ask or, or you maybe you probably have a, an answer that you're just right. dying to say or
1: well, I think I th- you know, I I think that the one and I, you know, I know that these questions are 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 fairly um uh uh uniform in terms of everybody's asked more or less the, the same questions and I think that the one thing that's that's probably unique about about us is that we do work and and uh uh um, and are, are married, uh, together. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, so. And managed to make it work. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And somehow managed to make that work. Um, and, uh, and, you know, so we, and we do get asked that question quite a bit and, and, you know, much to your comment, people are like, there is no way I could do that. And it's yeah. not because you love your girlfriend less or I love him more or, or yeah. that, you know, you know, we're the Bickersons or, or we're this perfect couple. I mean, far, far from that. Um, But but just you know finding the the
2: that, that's probably where the balance comes in because we do a lot of the same tasks but we probably are better at different tasks w- within our roles at mm-hmm. the office or whether it's our roles at at home even for that case so that yeah you know, yeah you know, we constantly still trip over each other and getting each other's ways but at the same time we. We really ride on each other's strengths, and then whenever we're feeling a little weak, the other one fills in. Mm-hmm. And that's—I I, think—if if we have, you know, if we're inspecting the word balance, that's where we really have our balance.
1: Yeah, it's funny because we—we we started, you know, we, we decided to set up a business together because we were the same, because we were both designers, and it's like, well, we should do that together. Isn't that sweet? Shouldn't that—that would be awesome. So, we started because we were the same, but the way it's worked the reason the only reason it's worked is because we 're so different you know um, if we were if we were the same type of people, I think our our business would have failed yeah, many, we, many years ago.
2: It probably would have crashed and burned a long time yeah. ago and, and even even at the time when we had started, we always had that caveat that you know if this feels like it's going sideways.
1: Never. I'm like holding the pillow over your head as you're sleeping. <laughs> we, we could probably get hired somewhere. Maybe we need to. Yeah, maybe we sure. need to reevaluate. Split
2: that yeah. off. And, yeah. but, but but the best comment I think we ever had from a client was that she thought it was impossible for a husband and wife to be working together the way that we do. So she actually thought we were brother and sister. (laughs) (laughs) So gross. Which which wouldn't have been the first thing I would have thought of, but this is how she was able to rationalize. You know, that that we were so so close. That's right. Her experience
0: of marriage is obviously different. Yes, a little different. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: All right. I think that's great. Any final comments? we're going
1: to wrap this up yeah um well i mean i think in terms of uh you know if if we're we're talking about being successful in business or or being uh a good designer or whatever i mean i think it loops back to where we started where you know no matter what you're doing i think it's so important that you love what you do um and you don't even really have to be that great at it but if you work hard at it and you're nice to people um that just goes so far you
2: know so good do good work be nice to people. that's, <laughs> <Yeah>. that's good. <laughs> <clears throat> and for myself I'd probably just for, for advice for people who are starting the careers, I would say it, it, it is very important to get the craft down to get the details down but not to be um, not to be overwhelmed or all or c- or consumed by them. Remember what the big idea is don't don't sweat over the details getting that refinement is great but the the big ideas are are best and everything else will fall into, place. fall into place come together nicely and just to tell to ta- you know never take yourself too seriously mm-hmm. it's you mm-hmm. know it's it's got to be fun and you, you have to be you have to be good people that's yeah. that's what it really comes down to
0: <laughs> all right that's Excellent. Thank you very much, Paul and Andrew. You're welcome. You're very welcome. Thank you. This has been a production by GDC Manitoba, Andrew Boardman, Evan Coos, and me, Leif Norman. The Oots music is by The Scissor Kicks. Thanks for listening.